0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akuo. We are finally about to finish up this series this week that we are calling Build on Belief. It's been 12 long weeks, but we're finally here. At this point, you should know what we have been doing in this series. This whole time, what we have been trying to figure out is what to do with our lives once we have started to believe in Jesus. We're trying to figure out what it looks like to build on our belief. Now, before we go any further with this message, let's just take a moment to stop and pray. So Jesus, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the the time that you've given to us here. I, I pray that as we are looking into to things that concern you. I pray that you would be moving us in the right direction. I pray that you would be allowing us to see the things that you want us to see and hear the things that you want us to hear. Just like highlight them for us, Lord. We thank you for everything. We love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So having kids has brought so many challenges and thrills. Now, one of those things that can be both is reading stories most nights before they go to bed. It's challenging because sometimes I just want them to go to bed, right, like without a book. And it's thrilling because I get to watch them interact with these stories and I get to see them laugh at me while I'm like making all the crazy voices of each character and trying to put a new spin on on everybody in there. Now what has also been fun has been seeing them graduate from younger books to the older ones. Uh, For our kids, they started with simple books like the ones that just like have sensory items in them where they touch it and like makes a sound or there's colors or feelings and things to like brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? Uh, To Piggy and Gerald, which by the way, if you have kids, Piggy and Gerald are really good books. Like most of the time, I'm laughing along and smiling with the kids as we're reading through these super silly stories. Now from Piggy and Gerald, though, we have started to move to this new set of books that features a group of bears. And these bears are from bear country. They live in this, this tree. There's a, mother, there's a brother and a sister bear, uh, a mama and a papa. Then, then at some point, mama bear got pregnant and had honey bear. Now, I haven't said their name because, because of course, we all know what their name is, right? It's the Berenstein Bears. No it's actually the Berenstain Bears. For real, Berenstain, For, go, go stop. If you're watching online, you're listening, pause it, go Google it, Berenstain. I actually learned this not too long ago and it turns out I'm not the only one that has struggled with this. It turns out that there are people on the internet that have claimed that it was Berenstain all along, but somehow we all jumped into a parallel universe and that is why we all remember it as Steen Bears. Others have claimed that there was some sort of time traveler that went back in time to change it, Uh, while another group says that the company just changed the name without telling anyone. But then there's no evidence of the past. Uh, No matter what these groups theorize, what they are saying is that they would rather concoct this whole theory instead of listening to the truth. What they are showing is that a simple truth, like the name of a children's book series, can mess with the reality in a way that they fully can't handle and refuse to accept has any of this ever happened to you have you ever been presented with the truth something real that absolutely blew your mind has, ever, has anyone ever shown you something that is true can be proved and you had so much trouble accepting that it was real Maybe you did this while you were in school or or at work, like learning the new system, right? Like, oh, man, I can't believe that that's the shortcut for this thing, or I've been doing it all wrong all along. Whatever the case, I think all of us have dealt with this idea. We've all had to accept truths in our lives that illuminated a part of our knowledge that was stuck in the dark, and I want to connect that to what we have been going through, which going through with the account of the early church as recorded by the disciple and historian Luke. So if you're interested in following along with us, we will be reading through the books of Acts, specifically how it connects to the Apostle Paul and his time in Ephesus. Now, to give you guys some context of where we're at, I gotta break down for you what Paul was all about, right? Just in case you're you're joining us for a first time. If you're joining us for a first time, we've got like 11 sermons before this, 11 services before this that you can go and jump in on. Now, we had Paul who started as Saul well, he was a zealot from the Jewish temple in Jerusalem and he was persecuting followers of Jesus around Israel. So Saul was doing that until the resurrected Jesus appeared to Saul and changed his life. He was never the same again. Now after that Saul got named Paul and started preaching about Jesus and became really zealous for Jesus and what Jesus taught. Now by preaching the same things that Jesus did, love and forgiveness, many people started to believe in Jesus. So Paul preached that word. And you would think, like, love and forgiveness, he's, he's always going to get good, good feedback, right? But he didn't. Sometimes it was because of the ways that the Gentiles were, were getting changed. The Jewish Christians didn't appreciate that at all. But it didn't matter because Paul was doing things the way that Jesus did them. Even the council at the Christian church in Jerusalem agreed that Paul was doing stuff the right way and to continue on. Because they wanted to make it as easy as possible for all people to accept the grace and love that Jesus offered them. So Paul continued to travel that section of the world. All in all, Paul traveled more than 10,000 miles. Most of them were on foot. Now to give you an idea of what that looks like, that would be like us walking to Austin from here, back and forth, more than 60 times. That dude got around. Now sometimes his trips would work out well. Sometimes he would stop stop into the local synagogue and talk about Jesus and people would fall in and then he would just keep it moving, right? But that wasn't the case in Ephesus at all. He'd learned a lot of lessons around the area, but things got a little crazy there. So I want to spend a little time today talking about Paul and Ephesus and his time there. So let's take a look at how Luke recorded Paul's interaction with folks from Ephesus. Here's what he wrote. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. "'Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?' he asked them. "'No,' they replied. "'We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit.' "'Then what baptism did you experience?' he asked. And they replied, "'The baptism of John.'" Paul said, "'John's baptism called for repentance from sin,' But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So what we can take from this is something really interesting. First, we see that they have uh, believers, or people that thought they were believers out there. Because, I mean, they'd been baptized, they had repented from sin, which is just saying that they were going to turn away from their sinful lives, turn their way, change their mind to something completely different. Now, both of these things seem to be very good things for them to do, they, they are. However, they didn't have the Holy Spirit operating within them. Why might this be? Well, actually, it's pretty simple. Being baptized isn't what gives you the Holy Spirit. Repenting from sin is not what gives you the Holy Spirit. What is it that gives you the Holy Spirit? Come on, everyone together now. Believing in Jesus is what gives you the Holy Spirit. So Paul explains to them who Jesus is. And they believe, and then all get baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Paul lays hands on them, and they start to speak in tongues and uh, prophetic words and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. And this is such a great reminder for us because, guys, people out there can be doing all the right good and moral things. But what sets someone apart is believing in Jesus. He's the foundation. He's what we can build sturdy upon. Believing in Jesus is where we can build the rest of our lives on. Also notice how Paul explains this. There is no fight, no condemnation, No condescending remarks. Paul just simply speaks the truth. I mean, he said John said to get baptized this way, but to also be ready for the one that was coming, Jesus. That's how easy it was for Paul. He simply spoke the truth, and everything changed. And Paul continued to do that there in Ephesus. And people changed. However, while he was preaching in the synagogue, Paul developed some haters. They would get very angry and argue with Paul about Jesus. Then that group started spreading wicked lies about the Jesus followers. These Jewish people couldn't handle the truth that was being laid out to them by Paul. So they did what they could to deny and discredit the truth he was sharing with them. Well, Paul had enough of preaching in the synagogue, and he picked up and moved to a lecture hall not far from there. And Paul continued to preach there in that lecture hall for another two years. And it wasn't without more drama. Let's see what Luke recorded. Here he writes, A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priests, were doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house, naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers, confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. So here we're talking about this group of Jewish people that were led by a priest. And they've done well with their magic to cast out evil spirits. They, so well, that they continue to do it. Then they even started adding Jesus' name to their magic spells and hopes that they could make themselves more powerful. But it is interesting how they say it, right? They say, in the name of Jesus, the one whom Paul preaches. The way they say it isn't in a way where they believe that he has actual power. They think if they can just say his name, everything's gonna happen. So what happens? The spirit they go up against here makes quick work of them, but not before explaining that he knows Jesus and Paul but has no idea who these fools are. Once again, we are seeing how following something closely isn't the same as believing. Helping people get demons out of them is a good thing. I would think using Jesus's name is a good thing. However, without believing in Jesus, all the other stuff can't happen. The foundation of everything happening in our lives has to be a belief in Jesus believing is in Jesus is what we can build on believing in Jesus is how we can build sturdy everything else isn't as good so what's crazy is that as all of these Ephesians start to hear the same story they start to understand the power of knowing Jesus then they start to honor and believe in Jesus so they turn from their old practices of sorcery and burn their spell books in a public bonfire now this wasn't just like picking up a book from Half Price Books and throwing it in a fire. No, these books were so rare and valuable that they were worth millions of dollars. And these sorcerers just threw them in the fire, or I guess former sorcerers threw them in the fire. And they all did this because they got to hear the truth about Jesus. The truth is what changed them. This truth continued to spread in the area of Ephesus, which was a city that had a temple to the Roman god Artemis. The temple was so grand that it was considered one of the wonders of the ancient world. But what ended up happening is that Paul and the rest of the Jesus followers continued to spread the truth of Jesus. And then more people started to turn towards Jesus. And what they were doing was leaving their worship of Artemis behind them. Which doesn't sound like a terrible thing that too many people would care about, right? But there was a group that was incredibly fired up about it. You see, to help worship Artemis, there were silversmiths and and others that would create these, like, Artemis-themed trinkets. Well, since all of these Jesus followers moved out of the temple, business had been slow. So slow that it actually started to affect the entire economy of Ephesus. Now, here's the deal. When these guys were making good money, it stopped Well, actually, they were making good money, but then they stopped making good money. And when they stopped making good money, they got mad, real mad. So mad that they started riots in the city, eventually grabbing the leaders of the church and taking them to the city's amphitheater so they could stand trial for the ways that these folks that were leading people into the truth of Jesus had wronged the city. They couldn't find Paul, but when Paul found out, he tried to go down there. He's like, I'm going to go down. And all of his friends were like, no, Paul, you can't go down there. They will literally kill you. So here's what happens next. Luke writes, inside the people were all shouting. Some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He mentioned for silence and time to speak, but when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. At last, the mayor was able to quiet down enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said. Everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against these men, the courts are in session and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly." I'm afraid we're in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we don't know what to say. Then he dismissed them and they all dispersed. So here's a group of Jewish people and Ephesians that want to no know part of the truth that Paul and the Jesus followers had to say. But in all this, notice how the message is delivered. From Paul in this chapter, it says he preached boldly, right? But never is it described as anti- antagonistic. It's just described as simple truth. From there, people decided on how they would react to that truth, right? Everybody had something different. Some people accepted it, and then some people would accept it and completely change their ways. They turned to ways of following Jesus and got rid of their sorcery, right? It talked about that. Others, Well, they didn't accept it. Those people made up lies about the Jesus followers. Then they led a riot against the Jesus followers to get them sentenced to death in the court system. Both of these groups were given the exact same truth. I would imagine they were delivered in an almost nearly identical way. But these groups could not have reacted any more differently. Here's how this connects to us. When we get a chance to share the truth about Jesus, I want you to to think about this. How are we doing it? Is it just a simple presentation of truth? Or is it an over-the-top, over-emotional presentation of that truth? Or is it a presentation that is antagonistic and condescending? Akuo, we don't need to try and dress up the gospel of Jesus in any way. We don't need to make it any more attractive than it already is. Jesus is pretty awesome. And we definitely don't need to throw anger, shame, and condemnation to get people to follow it. I mean, why would we need to do that? Why would we need to avoid these things? Because we don't need to start fights with people. Look at what Jesus had to say about this. So this is called the Great Commission. This is what every single believer is supposed to be doing. In there, do you see anything about making people feel guilty? In there, do you see Jesus say anything about winning arguments? No, of course not. Jesus wants you to make disciples of all the nations, then lead them to get baptized in the name of Jesus, all the while teaching them to obey the commandments of Jesus. Those were to love. Love the people that you are around. Love the God that loves you, not arguing. Because guys, here's the deal. If you argue somebody into something, they can get argued out of it. We want you to be worried about loving people because love is the thing that takes us from outside of the truth to really understanding the truth, to allowing the truth to change our entire lives. We saw it happen in the life of Paul, right? Now, here is how pastor and author Erwin McManus explains this in the book, The Genius of Jesus. There he writes, Paul was an intellectual and a theologian who found in Jesus a love that surpasses all knowledge. He was an unlikely candidate to carry the message of Jesus to the world. He was born and raised by the very cabal that provoked the assassination of Jesus. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a distinguished Pharisee, Who once persecuted the church with the full authority of the temple? Yet it was Paul who most powerfully understood the emptiness of possessing knowledge of God without knowing God. For Paul, to know God was to know love and be transformed by it. In this series, we've been asking the question what does it look like to build on our belief? We've been asking, what do we do after we believe? Well, here it is. You love. To build on your belief, you must be loving people. Loving people that are easy to love. Loving people that deserve to be loved. But especially loving people that don't deserve it. Loving people that you don't want to love. You need to be loving people that are close to you loving people that you find far away that aren't in your proximity. You need to be loving people that align with you and what you think ideologically, politically. And then love people that vote the opposite way that you do. Love your neighbors, love your family, love the people that you see in the grocery store. Love the people that you see walking down the street. Love the people that need to be loved and ask you for it and show you that they need to be loved and love the people that need to be loved and don't ask for it and don't show it to you. Now, I know this might sound simple. Just just love everybody, it's easy, right? But I want you to know if done correctly, this could be the hardest thing, the most difficult thing that you do every single day because every single person you come across, every single day, you should be asking this question that we talked about earlier this year. For every person that you come across, I need you to ask God, talk to Jesus, ask Him, what does love require me? What does love require of me in this situation? If we can do that, we can make an impact for good on our families, we can make an impact for good on our coworkers. In our workplace, we can make an impact for good on our communities, in our neighborhoods, and we can make an impact for good on our city. We can love people and then point them to the truth of Jesus. That's what we've been called to do here. That's how you build on your belief for some of you here, you've never even gotten, uh, never had the chance to agree to that truth. You may have known the truth of Jesus intellectually, but you've never accepted to believe in the truth of Jesus. So if you want to accept that truth of Jesus into your life, it's really easy to do. You just simply believe. You believe that he was the son of God sent down to this earth to lay down his life for us. That's all. And it doesn't have to be like a 100% belief in it. It can be like a 1, 5% belief. That's all that it could take for you to cross that line. Now, if you want to make that change in your life right now, I want to lead you in a simple conversation between you and Jesus, which we would call a prayer. So if you want to do that, I can help you. I can help lead you in that. And actually, to help you out in this moment, I'm going to ask our entire Akuo community to be praying along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community with you to pray with you, to help you out through your tough times, to be linked to you during your tough times. So just pray something like this along with me. Just bow your head and talk to Jesus. Just between you and him, just say something like, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Now, let's just keep our heads bowed and whether you have believed for the last four seconds or the last four decades, and you want to love better. Pray something like this with me. Just talk to Jesus for a minute and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down for me. Thank you for loving me. Me. Jesus, I ask for you to show me the way you want me to love people. Jesus, give me your heart that you have for all the people that are around me. Let me feel for them what you feel for them. Let me love people in the best way possible. And Jesus, through that love, allow me to share the truth of who you are with them. Jesus, help me build on my belief. Help me understand what love requires of me at all times. Jesus, thank you for everything. And we pray all these things in your mighty, holy, and loving name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Before we go, there are a few things I'd like to share with you. Uh, The the first thing I want to talk about is something that we are getting started. We got started last week, and we're going to be continuing on until next week. We're partnering with Christian Assistance Ministry to help kids that are in families in need to have school supplies for next year. So what we are doing is adopting kids to buy a backpack and their school supplies for the upcoming year. And we have a wide range of ages from pre-K all the way through high school. We actually did the same thing last year. And what we're doing this year is we were able to get 50 kids to serve with this. So we started it last week and what happened is we were able to get 25 backpacks taken care of. But that means that we have another 25 backpacks to go. So we're opening up to you guys online. If you want to help out with this backpack situation, we've got a QR code right here on the screen to help you get signed up to do this and we'll get with you this week. Now these are gonna be due next week on July the 17th. So only sign up if you can get this figured out by next Sunday. Now, I talked about this this week or last week, but I want to keep on talking about this other thing. We, we are talking about loving people. Sometimes it can be a very practical thing that we do to show them the love. Sometimes it can be sending a meal when someone's hungry or sick. Sometimes it can be cutting someone's lawn or taking out the trash. Sometimes it's, it's paying for the person's groceries right behind you when you're in line at H-E-B. Whatever it is, I want you to look around your community. I want you to see where a need might be. I want you to lean into the thing that you are passionate about, the thing that you feel like you can change, the, feel that you, the thing that you feel like you are being led to. And then from there, tell us what's needed. And Akua will go and help you love the community. It could be with resources, it could be with people, I don't know. But whatever it is, I want you to reach out to us when you find it, because we wanna help you we wanna help you go and make disciples of people and love people. To do that, all you have to do is email me directly at humby.servetta at akuo.church. Guys, I'm so excited to see the opportunities that you're gonna to bring to us to leak to our community. Now, the next thing i like to do is talk about the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Kubo. Now, y'all, I don't care how you're doing it. Uh, what I want you to be doing is listening to God, talking with him, and seeing what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it, how much he wants you to be giving. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a great place for you to start. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if you're in that position, that's okay. We totally get it. Gas prices are crazy. Inflation's going nuts. Rent prices are, are, are fluctuating. I understand. But please allow us to help you out during this time. We wanna be a link to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know and we'll go help them. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the contact us link. You can also send us an email at help at Akuo.church, or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church Now, when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you wanna to give to the number 77977. Now, if you aren't interested in giving electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and me and the Akuo team will be praying for you now and all week long. But before we go, I want to pray over you one last time. So I just ask Jesus that as as these folks turn off their TVs, put away their phones, uh, close their laptops, and, and put away a tablet, I pray that you would be speaking to them. I pray that you would be reminding them about the ways that you've called them to love the people of this world. I pray that you would be reminding them in all the ways that you have shown them the truth of who you are. And I pray that you would be reminding them that they should be sharing it with all the people around them. Not in a way to condemn or overpower, but in a way of loving them. Jesus, I thank you for everything. And I love you. We love you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you next time